Hello there and welcome to another edition of Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And if you'd like more information about the CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, as I mentioned last week, Labor Day kind of put us behind a bit. Simple Savings with Linda Todd should have been on the second Monday of the month, but instead we're on the third and uh, all I can say is better late than never. And so let's hear what Linda has to say to us today. Hi, Linda. How was your summer? It's been good. Devin? Yeah, thanks. It's been, uh, you know, that couple of weeks that was really too hot, you know, that yes. I'm one of those complainers. Me about too. hot weather. <laughs> Me too. Um, But other than that, it was pretty enjoyable. Good. So, uh, what have you got for us this month? Uh, This month, uh, I have some references and information about free stuff, free coupons and free things that you can sign up for. Okay. And and also we'll be... uh, We'll be talking about uh, how you can get a honey of a deal. And there's a pun in there that everyone will learn about. All right. Shortly. Very good. So what kind of free stuff can, or what kind of coupons can we uh, make use of? Well, there's quite a few uh, coupon sites that are Canada and Ontario specific. So for those that are are into uh, coupon clipping, uh, you can sign up for emails and uh, and even what is called uh, influencer uh, box um, free stuff. So there's, there's a website uh, called thebalanceeveryday.com and it's got quite a bit of stuff. Um, and again, this is Ontario and Canada specific. Uh, so there's uh, different contests that you can enter and frugal living you know, tips and also freebies that you can uh, sign up for and get samples sent to you. And uh, I haven't done a lot of that, but I have, when I've seen uh, friends you know, post on Facebook or something like that, making reference that they've done it and didn't receive the items, uh, I've gone and and, uh, and registered, and I really did receive the items. Oh, yeah. Once was um, a multi-box of, you know, it had like a coffee sample and creams, and it's uh, been a while, so I can't quite remember, but there had to be 10 or 12 things. And, again, no obligation. I wasn't... Uh, on that particular one, you know, I wasn't inundated with phone calls or requests or sales pitches or anything like that after. Uh-huh, that's good to know. Yeah, because, you know, it, you know, it's nice getting, say, a free, even a free box of coffee, but if you're, you know, if you're constantly inundated with uh, phone calls or even emails, which you can easily delete, but it just adds, you know, we all get so many nuisance things, you yes. know, so... Uh, the idea, you know, they want you to sample their product and then hopefully, you know, you go buy it. Yeah. Um, and also on, uh, again, this site is called thebalanceeveryday.com and there's all kinds of um, coupons as well. And, of course, and it focus on, focuses on food-saving coupons and um, especially with the increased cost of, of food, um, even... Things that aren't necessarily essential, you know. My husband went shopping the other night, and he said, even he he buys like the a box of gum, you know. And he said that 
you know, it's even re- it increased by three dollars. Wow. You know, and that's really substantial. Sure is. You know, and and things uh, uh, like veggies and meat uh, are, you know, they're they're really increasing, and they're going to increase even more uh, during the winter months. So any, you know, coupons that you can get for a, you know a dollar or two off. It all helps. Yeah, and there's also rebate uh, 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 coupons. You know, when you do purchase something, you can get ten or twenty dollars rebate by mailing it in. Yeah. And uh, whenever I sent in rebate uh, things on products, uh, all but one. I've gotten them the money back. Uh, so they're usually, you know, worth the time. And nowadays, you know, you don't even have to mail them in. You can just submit online. Yeah. Well, that's really good. Terrific. Do you do uh, coupon clipping out of the newspapers and that sort of thing? Uh, in, uh, for the only coupons that I'll actually and the save are, say, restaurant pizza deals and things like that that yeah. come in the flyers, you know. Mm-hmm. So each week I'll, you know, put them all, any that may be of interest, you know, I'll put them all in one spot. And so if we do decide to order in, you know, I'll flip through those and, and definitely use them. I'd say for, for our family that's, um, you know, we may only order in once a month. But, you know, you might as well order in on places that are doing are doing specials, especially when you're, you know, for us, we're feeding a family of four. And uh, and if I'm ordering in, I want to make sure there's leftovers so I don't even have to cook tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's usually the, the, the goal for me, you know, not just getting out of cooking the one meal, but maybe two or three. Sure, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Terrific. Another uh, saving site, which has been around for a long time, is save.ca, and uh, it's very simple to use, and it's uh, it has been around for many years, and it's uh, uh, quite accessible as far as it's, it's very simple to see what it is and if you're interested. You do have to, um, you know, in a lot of these cases, you do have to print the coupons. Oh, yeah. Uh, but on save.ca, a lot of it is things that, you know, the majority of people may, they're everyday items. Um, you know, right now there's an $8.50 coupon for Nescafe coffee. Well, that's pretty so, good. Yeah. I mean, that's now they're not all normally that big. No. You know, there's uh, Green Giant Rice, you know, save a dollar. I don't know the price of that package, but it's probably only a three or, three or $4 item. So, you know, getting a dollar off is pretty good. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. But eight fifty on uh, a package of coffee, that's pretty substantial. It sure is, yeah. And, and you can uh, sign up um, just putting in your postal code and your email, and you can sign up on save.ca and get an email each week with the coupons that... Uh, you know, pertain to your area and and Ontario. Yeah, that sounds really good. Uh, and then uh, and then they have, uh, you know, they have coupons for groceries, but also for electronics and clothing and health and beauty and entertainment. Now let's just see uh, what they have for entertainment. Um, this particular one is just uh, Henry's, and Henry's is uh, an electronics camera business in in Toronto. Uh huh. So that's um, and then uh, another one, which is Ontario and uh, or Canada specific, and Ontario is SmartSource.ca. And I guess I like these because you know a lot of times. You know, you'll, you can find coupons, and then, you know, once you read the small print, and many of us, you know, really aren't capable of reading the small print. Right. Because uh, <laughs> um, that has happened before. You know, I've gone to use a coupon, and it, you know, and it says U.S. only. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. So, and it can be confusing online. Yeah. So, when you can find sites that you know are Canadian and Ontario, um, 
and that's all you're going to find, um, then it, you know, it saves you, uh, you know, figuring that out or, or printing or finding things that aren't going to be any good to you. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, on smartsource.ca, you can put in your province and it brings up all, everything that, uh, pertains to you. Good. Um, you know, right now there, well, P&G, which is, um, uh, a product line or a manufacturer, they do, you know, they, um, produce Tide and Pantene yeah. hair shampoo and like stuff. Procter and Gamble, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's lots of, um, of coupons for Procter and Gamble. Yeah. And so, uh, and you can kind of what, you know, clip them and then print them out all on one page. Terrific. So yeah. that, uh, you know, that saves, saves quite a bit. Another, uh, there's, so those are three, you know, Ontario oriented um, sites. And, uh, and at the beginning of this, I mentioned about Honey of a Deal. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah. So the uh, the app uh, that I'm it's it's an app that I'm referring to, and it's actually called Honey. And whenever you do an online purchase, so Honey is actually a, you can download it on your phone or your computer, and it integrates with your browser and Amazon. Okay. And uh, it's, it's free. I've used it for two or three or four years, so it really does work. There's no extra catch. And whenever you make an online purchase, um, just before you check out, Honey will, you just click Honey, and the little icon, which is an H, it's very uh, easy to uh, find and, and see on the uh, top of the browser. And then it will just run a quick scan, and it searches the web to make sure that you are getting the best price for the product that you're about to purchase. Okay. And uh, and as well, it will show you coupon codes for other companies. You know, if you want to, uh, if you're purchasing something, I don't know, at Walmart. Walmart, you know, may have a coupon code for 10% off All or... Right. Samsung or whatever. Yeah. So it shows you those, but you're not, you know, you're not getting flat, you know, flash ads on your screen. It doesn't take over anything. That's good. Um, and you're not, I've never received an email from them. Uh, it just runs the, the little scan, lets me know uh, if it's the best price on that product or it'll point me in the right direction. Uh, this product is available for $1 or $10 cheaper on this site. Ah, okay. And then you can choose, you know, whether you want to purchase, you know, go, yeah. you know, you just go check it out on the other site. And sure. uh, so it works really, really well. And again, very simple. It's not convoluted to use. Uh, and it's, uh, I have gotten some savings. Um, from it. I can't remember dollar amounts because I've used it um, for so long. But I feel as uh, much satisfaction when it basically tells me, you know, we've done a complete search and um, you've found the best price on this product. In fact, and I believe I've read sometimes that uh, there, you know, that there was even, they'll tell you if there's been a, there's been a price drop. Yeah. In the product or, you know, uh, you know, it just gives you a little bit of, of detail. Okay. So just knowing that you're getting a good price on it um, without any further savings uh, is, you know, kind of good. Because there's nothing worse than buying something and then either 10 minutes later or one week later you find it for, uh, you know, the identical thing for a few dollars or sometimes a lot less. Yes. Oh, been there, done that. Yeah. That's most annoying. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you know whether the H is a, a thing that's easy to find with a screen reader, a uh, screen reading program? Uh, I don't use a screen reading program, so I don't know. Okay. I can tell you, so looking at my browser, uh, like I, I don't know what, 
the screen readers, you know, like, it, does it read? The good reads everything that I've got saved across the top every uh-huh. time. To me, that would be really annoying because my little icon, um, H, is on the far right uh, of my browser. Yeah. So the screen reader would be going and reading everything going all the way across. Yes, it and, probably would. Yeah, each arrow. So, like, I've got 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 20... I have 26 things on the top line going across my browser. My goodness. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm hoping, if I had a screen reader, I wouldn't want it to read that. <laughs> <laughs> if there, there'd be another way of... And a lot of these things that I've got up here, I don't even necessarily use. I call it, could probably take some away um, and make it a little simpler. I guess I just haven't. Um, I would, if it was the case, the screen reader read everything every time. Yes. I would probably find if there was a way to get, um, well, actually, I'm sure there's a way that, you know, you can um, change the order of your items. Uh-huh. You know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know, because I don't have a screen reader, I wouldn't be able to test it. No. But I would find an easier location, I guess, to, if, um, but again, you're only using it when you're making an online purchase. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but you have to find the H. You have to be able to find the H to uh, activate it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you hit the H before, uh, you, you hit it just before you check out? Or or uh, or or make the commitment to buy, right? Or you, yep, before you make the commitment to buy. So at checkout, so you have to go through the online um, order process. Yeah. But just before checkout. Okay. Yeah. So you're not committed to anything, you know. If you, yeah. The Honey app finds something cheaper, you know, then you can just click cancel your order and off you go to whatever other website. And again, on Amazon, it's so huge. You know, it will find other things on the Amazon site, you know, oh, yes. from a different vendor. Yes. Not even necessarily you're being redirected to different websites. Right. You know, because yeah. uh, Amazon's so big, you may find the perfect product and not realize, you know, 30 or, or 300 other vendors are offering it. Yes. At better pricing. Uh-huh. Well, that sounds good. And, and that's, what's the website again for Honey? But you just, it's literally honey. Yeah, yeah, here I'll Google it, make sure. Um, it's honey dot something? Uh, okay, see, I put in honey.com and that brought up the National Honey Board. So, oh. <laughs> a moment, because I don't want to. Uh, um, Oh, join honey. Join honey. Joinhoney.com. Dot com. Okay. Joinhoney.com. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, it does make sense that they wouldn't be able to. If the uh, website honey would be gone before this app was invented. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, again, it was a simple download, uh, reliable. I haven't had any conflicts with my computer, and I haven't seen anything. Um, any complaints or anything about it uh, online. So right. um, I recommend checking it out. But, you know, again, no guarantees. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh-huh. No. Um, but do find, you know, even do a Google of free or, or two Ontario coupons, and it brings up, I mean, you're not, um, you know, you want to maybe find, it might be simplistic to even just find one or two uh, coupon sites that you like. And, you know, yeah, uh, and find, oh, and they're probably they're, because they're in competition, there's probably a lot of duplication as well. Yeah. So, um, but save, save.ca uh, is uh, very well known. And then there's smartsource.ca and balance every day. And those are three well known, uh, you know, easy to use. And yeah. Yeah. Follow that up with the Honey app and, you know, start saving some money, and we all love that. Terrific. Well, thank you very much.
Well, thanks for having me again this month, Devin. All right. And uh, we will talk again soon. Yes. Um, I'll just put it out there to all of the listeners that if you have any questions that you would like Devin and I to research or uh, perhaps um, someone may even want to join us and, and give uh, some uh, savings ideas that they may have or, or things that they would like to, you know, Send us, send us on a hunt of finding savings on on some things that you're interested in. Yes, just send an email to insightpeterborough at gmail.com. In- yes. Insightpeterborough at gmail.com. And uh, we'll arrange something. Okay. Terrific. Thank you, Linda. Really appreciate that. And uh, talk with you in October. Great. Thanks, Devin. Okay. Bye. Bye now. September is Blood Cancer Awareness Month. And last year I had the chance to chat with Netta Padgerman from the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. And the reason that I did that was because We lost a a schoolmate, or I lost a a schoolmate, that would have probably been in his late 60s to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, I wanted to find out what that was all about. So now that the Awareness Month has come back around again, I thought we should um, dig into the archives and uh, have another listen to that particular interview. Hi, Netta, and thanks so much for uh, coming on the program with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Can you tell us a little about lymphoma and what that means? Sure. So lymphoma is a general name for a group of cancers that affect the lymphatic system, which is a part of our immune system. And there's two major types of lymphoma. There's Hodgkin lymphoma and non-Hodgkin lymphoma. The distinction between Hodgkin's disease and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is, um, is distinguished based on the type of cancer cell. So it's a type of abnormal cell that's identified in a sample that helps determine whether a lymphoma is classified as Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's. Um, Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma are the fifth most commonly diagnosed cancer in in Canada amongst adults. Wow. Um, And Hodgkin's lymphoma is, is the 19th most commonly diagnosed. So you definitely hear a lot more about non-Hodgkin's. Um, in 2020, uh, you know, we're estimated to have a thousand new cases of Hodgkin's lymphoma, and um, 10,400 cases of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. And I'd say that the key difference that you also will hear and see is um, in survival rate. So. For Hodgkin lymphoma, the survival rate is much higher, and it's at 86%, whereas non-Hodgkin's lymphoma currently have a survival rate of 68%. Okay. Now, when I think of, of cancer, I often think of a, a tumor. Uh-huh. So, But, of course, you can't see a, a tumor, even if it did grow in, in the lymphatic system. So how... How would anybody know that something was wrong? Yeah, I mean, symptoms can um, appear in many different ways. Um, You know, it's really hard um, to pinpoint one specific symptom, or it's even hard for me on the phone to say that if you have these symptoms, you might have, you know, a a lymphoma. Um, I think generally um, it, it can show itself in many different ways. And ultimately, it is a, um, a, a, a blood test um, that identifies whether you have those abnormal cells. Um, and, you know, sometimes it can be something as simple as a, um, a boil. It can be something as simple as really swollen um, lymph nodes that might trigger a person to go and, and see um, their, their doctor. 
Um, but, you know, it's, it's usually inconclusive until you do a, a, um, an analysis of yourself. Mm-hmm. Would that include a biopsy? Yeah, it, again, it really is dependent on the type of, um, of cancer. I don't personally feel qualified to um, speak to speak to what it could be that identifies it. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, so I just don't want to misinform your, your, your viewers. No, right. I understand that. Thank you very much. So what is the work of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society? What do you do here in Canada? Sure. Um, let, me, let me set the stage a little bit and, and just share that um, there are several types of blood cancer. Um, there's uh, leukemia, lymphoma, myeloma, and Hodgkin. And within those four you know, parent strands of blood cancers, there's about 127 different types Holy of blood man. cancer. Uh, making, making blood cancer the fourth most commonly diagnosed cancer um, in Canada. And to, you know, put it into perspective and, and what those numbers even really mean, um, the most tangible way I can explain it is that every 23 minutes a Canadian is diagnosed with a blood cancer. Wow. And so, you know, our, our organization um, focus really is, is twofold. One is looking to the future um, of care and supporting research to ultimately get us closer to finding less harmful therapies, drugs, and a cure. And then the second part of our organization's mission is grounded in how do we support the blood cancer community today so that they can maintain a good quality of life. Mm-hmm. So um, our, our mission is grounded in um, finding a cure for leukemia, lymphoma, myeloma, and Hodgkin's. We're actually um, the only organization in Canada that is dedicated to all blood cancers. Mm-hmm. And then we um, support patients, healthcare practitioners, and caregivers um, to inform them, enable them, give them the resources that they need to navigate um, their journey. And so, yeah, I would say, you know, when you think about who we are as an organization, the first part of it is is we fund research across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, we just a month ago at a time when research um, funding has, has really declined or is at a standstill altogether. Um, as an organization, we decided to fund um, 50% of the grants for this year to 18 researchers across Canada to enable them to continue to keep their team together and, and move forward with their work. Terrific. But I would say, you know, the other areas that we've had an incredible impact is our COVID-19 Resource Center which helps Canadians affected by blood cancer better navigate the pandemic. Um, you know, we have a peer-to-peer first connection program that's available to those who want to speak to someone who's been through a blood cancer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a Your Life After Cancer program that can help survivors adjust to a new normal. Um, but really, you know, our aim as an organization is whether you're newly diagnosed in treatment or navigating life after blood cancer, we want them to know that the LLSC can support people at every step of their blood cancer experience. Okay. Uh, the, the treatment, is it usually chemotherapy? Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic question. Um, chemotherapy which was actually first discovered um, by blood cancer research in the 50s is, is definitely the most common form of therapy today. Um, and that's not just with blood cancers, with a lot of um, different types of cancers as well. But there have been some incredible breakthroughs um, in blood cancer treatment in the last decade. There's been quite a shift um, towards uh, precision therapies, which is um, targeted drugs. So, for example, you know, chronic myeloid leukemia um, had the survival rate of 20% in 1980s. Um, and then there was a um, drug, Gleevec, that was brought into the market, um, which, you know, drastically improved um, a patient's response to treatment and increased survival rates from 20% to over 80% Isn't that great? In, in just 20 years. And so wow. while chemo, of course, is the most common form of, of therapy, you're also hearing a lot more today about CAR T cell therapy, 
um, which extracts a patient's T cells and um, uses it and uses the patient's immune system to reintegrate um, drugs and, and, and the therapy for the patient so that they can better respond to their treatment. So, you know, I think that that is where there's a lot of promise today, um, that we can move towards therapies that really use the patient's immune system um, as opposed to chemotherapy, which is a, you know, wipe, wipe all yes. approach. So, yeah, I, I think that... Um, I think that that is today where we are most hopeful and optimistic mm -hmm. um, because the other reality is that um, leukemia and, and lymphoma are the first and third most commonly diagnosed childhood cancers. And as you can imagine, there are repercussions to chemotherapy and radiation for a, um, for a child. You know, we, we're talking about children as young as two or three that are undergoing pretty toxic treatments and therapies, mm -hmm. which leave a lot of, of, of um, cognitive and, and developmental um, challenges for, for the patients. And so um, today where we're really hopeful is, is that we can move away from, from toxic therapies like chemo and move more towards precision therapies and treatments like CAR T-cell therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, if children get the less toxic uh, kind of treatment, are they able to continue with their normal life, like school and that sort of thing, or do they need to be kind of hospitalized or kept away from other people so that they won't catch uh, infections they m might be going around? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question. Um, we hear from our community a lot about this concept of life going back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, even for adults, um, young adults or children, um, you know, when you go through something as, as, as intense and, and life-altering as cancer, um, there are definitely a lot of challenges that survivors face. To be honest with you, you know, it, again, it's, it's hard to say that, you know, there's a one um, five fits all reaction or, or, or outcome, but certainly children who undergo do have challenges integrating back into school. You know, there is such a thing as, as chemo brain. Um, a lot of children have to relearn how to talk, how to walk. Um, you know, they may look and feel different for several years after their treatment. Um, you know, so it's not un uncommon to hear within um, pediatric cases that there are challenges. Uh, we have several families who often share stories about their um, their their young ones having to relearn how to how to speak and relearn how to walk, um, and in the challenges that they have reintegrating back into school. But if anybody is listening that's interested in, in learning about these resources. Um, you know, they, they can certainly come to um, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society of Canada's website, and we do have resources for kids get blood cancer, um, kidsgetbloodcancer.ca. Ah, okay. So, so there's two websites that people can make note of. Um, yes. I'll get you to repeat those uh, as we get closer to the end of the interview, just so um, people can uh, have the chance to grab a pen and paper or something like that. And yes, of course. And there's resources there for for parents, for kids, for teens, for teachers. Um, there's there's a great deal of resources that that, sh that should be able to help um, people better navigate some of the hardships that come with with um, with cancer. Okay. So blood cancer regardless of whether it's leukemia or uh, lymphoma or whatever it happens to be, um, can strike at any age then, I take it. That's right, yeah. I mean, I wish I could tell you that um, blood cancers discriminate, but they don't. Um, blood cancer affects children as much as it affects adults, um, as much as it affects young adults and seniors. Um, yeah, and... and um, I always say count yourself lucky if you know if you don't know anybody who's been diagnosed with a blood cancer. Yes. Um, 
But unfortunately, our reality today is that it is one of the most commonly diagnosed cancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I, what, what I will also add is that the Canadian Cancer Society last year released a study um, that highlighted that blood cancers are amongst um, the fastest improving. Really? Um, of Great. cancers, yes. Um, and, and today, more people are surviving their diagnosis um, than ever before, um, which is really encouraging and really promising. And 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 also, it, it can be a point um, of raising alarm for us this year. You know, there's quite a bit of momentum um, building within the, the landscape of research and, and new therapies and new drugs. And of course, COVID-19 has presented a lot of challenges um, for researchers in terms of funding and, and staying in the lab. <laughs> and so today our organization is very, very heavily focused on raising the funds um, that we need to be able to um, keep these scientists in the lab and and hopefully not stop the progress that they've made in their research. Because really, at the end of the day, a patient chances come down to what clinical trials are available, what drugs are hitting, um, you know, hitting the, the shelves of what oncologists can use. And so timing really is everything when it comes down to treating patients with blood cancers. Mm-hmm. And as you say, they are very common. I can think of four, four people that I knew or know of right off the top of my head without even really trying who uh, have had blood cancers of one type or another. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it, it's a club you, 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 you wish you weren't a part of. Yes. You know, it's, 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 it's not a group that, you know, I, I, I wish it wasn't a group that grew year over year, um, but it is. Um, but, you know, if I, if I could segue to, to that group and that community, that's also what makes our organization so special and so unique. Um, you know, we have opportunities to engage people at all stages of their cancer journey, mm-hmm. whether they are recently diagnosed, whether they're a caregiver, whether they're in active treatment, or whether they've lost um, a loved one to a blood cancer. There really is opportunity for this community to gather in multiple different ways, um, whether it's, you know, volunteering to be a First Connection volunteer, whether it's participating in our webcast, whether it's joining our flagship event, which is Light the Night, um, which is actually coming up in a few days, um, that brings together, you know, over 30,000 Canadians across the country to celebrate, to remember, to show their support for the blood cancer community. And so... You know, I think, unfortunately, it is a disease that is affecting too many people's lives. But in a way, I think it unites us and and creates a sense of um, community in a way that it otherwise wouldn't have. Yes. So when when will Light the Night take place? So this year, um, in response to COVID-19, we have decided to do our first ever national broadcast and that is happening um, Saturday, October 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, it, it's a truly remarkable event. Within our, our broadcast, we are going to have a remembrance ceremony. We are going to celebrate and recognize survivors across the country. We are going to show the thousands of, of people who have come together to raise funds in support of research and patient support resources. Um, so if, you, if anybody is interested in, in joining the broadcast, um, even maybe hosting a walk in Peterborough, you could visit lightthenight.com. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, this uh, interview will air two days after uh, oh, okay. the Saturday, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And, and sorry, I, did, I should have said lightthenight.ca. But, oh, um, okay. you know, the, the reality is, is our events go all year, la- or all year round. And so if anybody yeah. is interested, um, they're more than welcome to look into that on our website. Yeah. Okay. And what other ways can people uh, volunteer for your organization? Any other fundraisers? Absolutely. 
Yeah, we have um, a variety of styles of fundraising. As I mentioned, Light the Night is our, our most beautiful and, and, and our largest event of the year. Um, supporters hold red lanterns. Survivors hold white lanterns. Those who walk in memory hold gold lanterns. Oh. So that's something that's of interest. Um, people can go to lightthenight.ca. We also do have team and training, which is, um, you know, it, it's uh, a type of fundraising for athletes and, and folks who like to get active. We have options for um, communities to do their own style of event, create your own. We've seen hockey tournaments happen. We've seen big productions. Um, so really that's an opportunity for, for folks who like to have their own take on fundraising and their own style of fundraising. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, certainly the, the best place to start um, would be to go to um, LLSC. LLSC's website, um, LLSCanada.org, and um, explore all the different ways. Um, there is a form that can be filled out um, to express interest, and um, one of our incredible colleagues across Canada will reach out and see what a perfect fit could be. Okay. Um, has, and now this is just a, a, a question that is kind of a, a little bit off the top, but uh, I can recall a number of years ago when uh, Mario Lemieux from the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins had to deal with Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma. Does he help with uh, your fundraising efforts? Well, you know, um, we do have a partner organization in the U.S. that uh, Mario might be involved in. Um, we have an incredible champion out of Max Perot, who is a Olympic um, snowboarder, I think a two-time Olympic um, silver medalist, um, and Max actually was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma a year ago. Wow. And um, he today is a survivor, he's an advocate, a spokesperson, and, um, you know, does everything within his... Um, and then his means to raise awareness for our society. That's great. Yeah. Is there anything else I should be asking you about? I'll ask you about the websites in just a minute or two, but is there anything else that you wanted to add? Oh, great question. Um, yeah, I think the only, the only final thing I'll say is that um, it's really important to us at the LLSD that um, our community across Canada knows that they're not alone in their diagnosis. Um, and whatever their comfort levels are with, you know, participating in, in, in information sessions or virtual conferences, there are several different ways um, to receive information. And we do have um, very compassionate and supportive community support managers in every region across Canada. Whose, um, whose focus and work it is to give people the information they need to better manage and navigate their diagnosis. So, you know, I would just encourage anybody who is taking care of somebody in treatment, um, in treatment themselves, or knows of a colleague or a friend who's in treatment, to let them know that they're not alone and that our organization is there. Um, we're accessible and available across Canada in, you know, over 170 different languages. Wow. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of resources. We have our National Leukemia Conference coming up in November, um, and all of this information is available on our website. Um, and so, yeah, we really encourage people to let, let their community know that there's people out there who can appreciate and understand what they're going through and who are here to help them. Okay. So maybe uh, we could finish by having you uh, give us those websites again. Sure. So the Leukemia Lymphoma Society of Canada's website is LLSCanada.org. So that's LLSCanada.org. We also have materials available at Kids Get Blood Cancers Too. And Light the Night um, can be accessed for anybody who's interested at lightthenight.ca. Okay.
thanks so much for being with us and giving us all of this information. Um, I know that um, there'll be many who are interested in this, and I'm sure that you'll get uh, uh, queries or, or whatever on, on your websites. Fantastic. No, thank you so much for having me and um, for, for doing your part for raising awareness for, for this very worthy cause. Okay. You take care, and maybe we'll chat again. Perfect. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I just found out that tomorrow, September 21st, is World Alzheimer Awareness Day. So I quickly fished back into the archives again and found a recording that was done in January of 2019. And I've taken a huge excerpt of the interview with Sarah Cook, who was the public education coordinator for the local Alzheimer's Society. And uh, here we are talking about Alzheimer's disease. Well, Sarah, welcome to the program. Glad that you're able to uh, be with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to, uh, to speak with you today. So, you know, when I was a kid, <clears throat> uh, doctors always said that it was uh, that going senile, as they put it, was a, a normal part of aging. When did they kind of decide that that wasn't the case? Well, I'll tell you, I've been with the organization for, for about 16 years, and um, ever since I've been with the society, that has been a big myth that we've talked about. So I'd say it's probably a little bit beyond that, um, beyond that time. But, yeah, the term senility has, has been uh, used incorrectly throughout our society for a number of years. And, you know, it's very interesting. It's it's Yes, dementia is not a normal part of aging. It's really important for people to realize that. Um, and the term senility, you know, was a term that that uh, took on a lot of negative connotations over mm -hmm. time, right? If you said so, but somebody was going senile, it usually had a really negative connotation that the person was losing their mind or they were going crazy. There was lots of negative uh, images surrounding that. And unfortunately, you know, when you look at the term senility, all it really means is that it uh, it applies to old age. Um, but that term isn't relevant anymore because we now know that people well under the age of 65 can be living with dementia. People in their 50s, in their 40s, even in their 30s. Wow. So, so the term senile really is irrelevant now. And it's one of those words we need to remove from our, our vocabulary. Definitely. Is it rare for people to develop a dementia as young as uh, 30 or 40? So in the past, yeah, that was something that we didn't see, you know, very often. Most people, um, you know, were considered to be over the age of 65. But we now find that with, with particular types of Alzheimer's disease, like young onset Alzheimer's disease or young onset dementia, we are seeing people below the age of 65. And, you know, it's, it's not uncommon now um, that we will meet clients that are living with it uh, in their 40s and their 50s. And some, yes, we do have some of the, the rarer forms of dementia can even happen in, in a person's 30s. Wow. Did, did you know, for example, I just found this out recently, that uh, Robin Williams, I, I don't know how old he was, but he committed suicide because he had been told that he was uh, developing Lewy body's disease? Yeah, Lewy body disease or Lewy body dementia, those terms are used interchangeably. And, and uh, it, it happens, it's not as rare as what we think. Um, it happens in about 10 to 15 percent of people. So it's more common than what we're aware of. And, you know, now that, you know, the doctors and, and physicians and geriatricians are getting much more adept at being able to diagnose particular types of dementia. And so people are being more accurately diagnosed with it. So Lewy body dementia is a difficult one um, because it is 
a little faster progressing than, say, Alzheimer's disease. And it is also difficult because one of the main uh, symptoms can be hallucinations. So for some folks, it's a really difficult uh, behavior to deal with and, and to know how to address. Uh, Parkinson's-like symptoms are also uh, part of that, aren't they? Absolutely. So, you know, Parkinsonian, those physical symptoms of Parkinson's disease, the, you know, the muscle tremors, the shakes, the instability, the changes in gait and, and balance, um, those can all happen to a person that has Lewy body dementia. Those Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia, they're, they're kind of in that same realm. Um, so, yeah, it's more common than, than what we realize. So doctors are able to differentiate uh, better now, are they, between the various uh, dementias? Certainly. They're getting better at being able to diagnose. Um, knowing patients' history is really important, too, because if there are some underlying health risk factors, such as heart disease or, um, you know, vascular issues, all of those things are very important for them to be aware of. Um, because that may help to form that diagnosis. Um, but yes, physicians are often using MRIs to look at the brain to see if there might be hardening of the arteries, if there might be a tumor, um, if there's a certain degree of shrinkage that could be caused from a particular disease or disorder in the brain. And, you know, they really um, are looking also at using cognitive assessments to determine um, what areas of the brain are being affected. And so there's no single test to really, you know, tell um, if it's Alzheimer's per se, but they are able to often look at the brain and, and look at kind of the way the damage is affecting it to help them identify if it's a particular type of dementia. When they do MRIs, can they see the... Uh plaques uh, that uh, developed in Alzheimer's? No, it's actually not possible through an MRI to see the plaques and tangles that are considered the hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. uh, plaques and tangles are absolutely microscopic, and so unfortunately they can't tell that from an MRI, but what they're looking at is they are thinking that it could be the Alzheimer's type of dementia. Uh, sometimes they want to just rule out you know, that there's no physical changes in the brain like a tumor or an aneurysm or a blood clot. Um, but they also look at the degree of shrinkage that can happen. And uh, a, little, a little known fact is that all of our brains are shrinking as we age. But when it is Alzheimer's disease, they often look at an MRI and see that that shrinkage can be far more accelerated. Now, the shrinkage alone is not enough to determine the actual diagnosis because you can have shrinkage in the brain from many different things, but it is another piece um, for them to, to put toward the other information that they might have to form that diagnosis. So it's not definitive, but it can be helpful for doctors to look at that and see the, see the changes that are happening in the brain. Okay. Now, um, I know that uh, I know, perhaps uh, I think it happens to a lot of other people, too. I can go into the uh, bedroom and think to myself, now, why did I come? What was it that I came for? Um, when should people be concerned about memory loss? Yeah, that's a great question, and we all do that, I'm sure, with our busy lives, and, you know, we're thinking about a million different things, and, oh, we've all been in that situation. Um, the important thing to recognize about dementia is that it's more than just memory loss. I know that we often associate, you know, memory loss with Alzheimer's disease, with various forms of dementia, but there's often other symptoms that accompany it, and what I... I am very clear to, to share is that it's not necessarily that normal age-related forgetfulness, but it's persistent short-term memory loss that can affect our ability to function every day. So if we're forgetting to take important heart medication, if we're forgetting to eat regular meals, if we're forgetting important doctor's appointments, um, those kinds of things affect the way that we're able to function every day, and then that might be, you know, worth speaking with your doctor about. Um, 
if it's recent conversations and details and events that are being lost, that could be a sign, an early sign of dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if if we're busy, though, or we're stressed, um, there's lots of things that can, you know, be attributed to, to memory loss. So, you know, we also have to look at what our, our day-to-day life is looking at, like, at that moment. Yeah. Um, because if we're ill or we're stressed or, you know, we're grieving about something, that can have a bearing on our memory. Right. So do doctors suggest when uh, people should contact the Alzheimer's Society or um, can people do it on their own? So we, we definitely have wonderful partnerships with the physicians in our community, um, but there is absolutely no referral required for our services. We encourage people to get in touch with the Alzheimer's Society if they, you know, are, are seeing symptoms in themselves or um, maybe a, a family member or a friend and they have questions about it, there's no referral required for our services. Um, so people can feel free, you know, even if they're in doubt about it, um, it's great for them to be able to call us or to come in and visit us, and we can talk about it and provide resources and information. Um, we're, we're always very happy to do that. Terrific. And uh, Do you provide tri- tips and tricks uh, for um, assisting people to, to cope? Definitely. So that's one of the things that we often look at in our support groups, in our education, uh, in our you know our activity groups that we do uh, with persons with dementia. You know, we, we suggest lots of different you know memory aids and mm-hmm. ways that we can help our brains to remember some of that information. So you know, everything from using uh, timers, for example, to remind us of something coming up, or uh, a, a whiteboard calendar to help us organize our day-to-day activities and list that, you know, you can check those items off when you've completed them. Yeah. Um, and even post-it notes, you know, to help us remember things. So we do. We work with families. We work with individuals a lot on, on um, you know, using those types of memory aids to help. Mm-hmm. So are there any apps that uh, will help people cope? Yes, there are um, some some apps on dementia um, that, yeah, you can go on the Internet and have a look and see what might be right for you. Um, there are some apps that will help with different activities. There are some apps that will help with creating lists and reminders. And, you know, the one thing that we do caution people is using newer technology or using um things that might be new to the person can sometimes be a bit problematic for somebody with memory loss Mm -hmm. because the memory is so important and that's how we store information that's new. And so we have found from time to time that some of our clients will say, I'd like to learn that, but my brain doesn't have the ability to store that information. So they can get frustrated with using technology or new new devices. So we always have to say, you have to find that balance. You want to be able to find something that works for you, that supports you and helps you, that's not overwhelming and frustrating. So people really need to get in touch with you to find out all the services that you do offer. Um, how can they go about doing that? So they can pop by our office, come in for a visit. Um, our office is right uh, on Simcoe Street in Peterborough, right across from the city bus terminal. And we're you know, available 8.30 to 4.30, Monday to Friday. Uh, they can call our office at 705 748 5131, or they can use our 1-800 number, which is 1-800-561-2588, and you can also find us um, at our our website as well. There's lots of great information there, and uh, what would that be? Go on and and search for the Alzheimer's Society of Peterborough, uh, Court Lakes, Northumberland, and Halliburton. Um, You can find all the information, how to reach us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to give me your website? Sure, I can read it off to you. It's a big one. It's www.alzheimer.ca slash P-K-L-N-H, which is the short form for our uh, our very long name. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for being with us, and uh, 
we'll look forward to chatting with you again about Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementias. Have yourself a good week, and uh, we will talk very soon. Take good care. Bye for now.